from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the path. Here in Johnston proper, you're like the human version of a trucker hat. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, what's that mean? Yeah, yeah. Air conditioning in the back. <laughs> what? <laughs> you said that like it was a clarifying statement. Like now I should be like, ah, oh, yeah, now. I understand now. Air all conditioning I, in the back. All I see is a trucker hat with lips moving. <laughs> Sounds like a terrible dream. Tim's uh, oil beacon. <laughs> okay, you're listening live from the path. Here's what we got going on the show uh, this evening. So uh, I have a – this struck me a couple weeks ago, and I, I may have shared this with with one of you guys. Maybe more. I don't remember. But, like, I, I, I have – it's a confession, really. But it occurred to me – well, I want to talk about it. So I have a confession to make. <laughs> I have a confession to make. I would like to rebut. Okay. <laughs> Based on your uh, rambling nothingness. No, it's – <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. Okay, so and it was I um, feel like I often don't appreciate the good news in its fullest, mm-hmm. and uh, and so and this is a thing I realized a few weeks ago um, that on paper I would have told you I would totally have agreed to, but like I, I just had not cognitively tied some things together, and this was very helpful for me. So uh, to the New Year's confession uh, from Ben. So we'll we'll talk about that. Okay. Um, we, we, I had a question. This is the uh, opening gambit that we had just before the show, and it was about: Is there something where, like, a product, service, or something that if so maybe bef- you didn't you didn't feel like there's any value in? If someone were to say, "Hey, you should try this," or whatever, you'd be like, "Nah, that's stupid. I don't really need or want that." And then you tried it, and you're like, "I'm never going back." Or I cannot believe I had I had no idea that oh. this was so useful or good or awesome or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, Buva's was a what was it a, a toothpaste it's, dispenser? It's a toothpaste dispenser. It's a thing that you like. You open up your toothpaste one, you put it in, and then it's got a little thing that you push your toothbrush head onto, and then it puts out the toothpaste, and you don't have to do anything else. It's freaking great. At first, I thought it was really stupid because I'm just like I don't. I never want to be in a place where I'm so lazy where I go. Ah, I gotta brush my teeth twice a day, but I really hate unscrewing that cap. Right. But then when I got it, I'm like, holy crap, this is fantastic. I love it. You're never going. Back. I love that thing. Okay. You never see yourself living without a no. automatic toothpaste. It's so friggin' easy. It was cheap. And I could put it anywhere. It's great. Okay. All right. Uh, Dan, did you think of one? Man, I was. I, I just kept thinking about it, and and I tend to be kind of an early. Adapter, or is that the word? Early adopter. Adopter. There we go. It sounded funny. Uh, <laughs> it's words, words. They have trouble with those things. But uh, so uh, I generally jump on things and have, but then unless they were too expensive. So I was, I struggled. But here's here's the latest thing, uh, probably, would be just the, the whole um, streaming world of for TV. Yeah. Like I finally, you know, got rid of uh, satellite. Uh-huh. And and I really struck. I really waited partly because I'm lazy because I, I hate to call some corporate person and fight with them about why I don't want their service and they'll try to beg me, but I did it anyway. And I already had replaced them. And I, I anyway, I kind of enjoy. I kind of enjoy the streaming thing. It's it's like a, a lot cheaper. And um, I don't watch that much TV. So 
why am I spending money? And it's it's good. It's clear. Dan, I'm not going to call you out here. Okay. But are you saying to me that in 2024, you started taking in streaming services and you're an early adopter of them? <laughs> well, in that case, I, well, I mean, like I've been doing like Netflix and all this stuff for a long time for years. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were saying but like, I'm finally on the peacock. <laughs> I know nobody else is. I got my, I, I got, got myself a microwave <laughs> oven. <I> got, <laughs> I'm an early adopter. I got rid of satellite in 2024. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I was just clarifying. I, I mean, satellite plus, you know, all the, all other, the other prime. Yep. Yep. And, there's a, and I thought, I'm spending way too much money. Yeah. But I didn't want to give up, like, my base got it. stuff. Okay. And then it, we, we went a few months. I'm like, I'm not even watching this stupid thing. So I, that's all I could think of. I mean, there's, there's probably kinds of gadgets out there that yeah. I can't think of any. I think I've got an answer for Mike. Okay. It's deodorant. He never thought he'd be one for it. Pshaw. And then very recently, he was like, I'm tired of smelling like roadkill. I'm still 50-50 on it. <laughs> I think my, this, mine's too broad, right? But like mine is, uh, like in the last couple of years, like I've been very conscientious in buying good things, right? Like oh, yeah. I don't want to chew through five ratchets anymore. I just want to buy one good one. Mm. I don't want to okay. own eight pairs of jeans that are going to fall apart. I just need two good ones, yeah. right? Yeah. Like I tried, I try not to. I don't know. And like it might just be by the time you turn forty something, like I, I'm, we're not scraping the barrel. Like I, I probably could only afford when I was twenty five to buy a cheap ratchet and break it. You know what I'm saying? And just have it last you as long as you could. But mm-hmm. like um, I'm, I'm, I'm even buying the lifetime guarantee brake shoes now. Opposed yeah. to the to the well, good luck. We'll see you in a year. Break shoes that I had. Three to months, we'll figure out where they're looking at. Yeah, and so like I don't know if that's just a, a station in life thing, you know, that has changed. But like I just I will wait and buy a good thing, or I will buy nothing. Uh, opposed to like just buying crappy things. Hmm. I think one other thing. Okay, is the Target pickup, like where you can drive up and have them bring out your groceries? Yeah. Like, I always said to myself, if I'm ever in a place where I'm too lazy to walk into the store to get the thing, mm-hmm. I no longer deserve the thing. Like, I no longer, like, it's never a place where I'm like, I really don't want to walk into Target. Yeah. Like, there's never a situation. I just have to go, I don't get that today. Yeah. I get that on a day that I'm willing to walk into Target. But then my wife places 1,115 Target orders a week, mm-hmm. and she's constantly either on her way to or from Target. And then out of nowhere, like a week ago, I had to get cat food and I had to get like rice for her or something. And like, I didn't want to go to Walmart to grab them. So I'm like, I'm just going to place the order at Target. And I did. And I was like, oh no. Oh no, this I is fantastic. This is pretty great. <laughs> I, I even filled out my car's information. I'm like, oh no, what have I done? Uh-huh. I, you, I would never uh-huh. have done this before. I would always say, just go in. Like you're ridiculous. Uh-huh. You're already a big enough guy. You do not deserve laziness, mm-hmm. and you do not deserve the situation where you're like, <laughs> "My cats need to eat, but I really don't want to walk 185 feet." No, I you feel obligated it. to help the guy unload. Yeah, no, I, but I've, I've, like, I, I, well, I should say I've never been in a situation where I didn't just reach my hand out and grab the stuff. Oh, oh, they hand it to you. I asked them to. Oh. Maybe that's my way of like subtly going, well, I haven't given up fully. (laughs) I don't want to walk in, but I'll move my left arm for you. I always, so like um, uh, sometimes at Walmart, like we'll do the the order ahead or whatever. And every once in a while, I'll I'll have to go pick it up. And uh, I I don't know about you all. My cars are never in a state of affair where it's (laughs) obvious of where you should put the groceries. And so I I don't care. I don't feel like I don't care what the temperature is or whatever. I feel obligated to get out and go, I know, and then point to say, 
or like either say you can set it back there or because I know like they have to do what I would have done, which is once you get six sacks in, stuff starts tumbling out because of all the other stuff I got yeah, back yeah. there. And so I'm like, you just all just hand them to me <laughs> and right. I'll do it or I'll load them because uh, it feels like uh, I'm. I won't put it on them to have to figure it out and be more careful with my stuff than I would be. I'm like, just throw the peanut butter in. It's going to be no problem. I like to imagine I'm on a drug delivery. Like, <laughs> Of course I you do. show up, you pop the trunk, you put it, you don't make eye contact with the guy, and then you have him shut it, you have him smack the trunk twice, and then you cut a trail. Yeah. <laughs> Jay going off. <laughs> That's how those work. <laughs> don't look on me. It's hey, like, okay. I've inadvertently been on a couple of those. <laughs> I was wondering why they just popped the trunk. I always help the guy unload. I'm just kidding. I can't help it. I feel obligated, like he's already come out there and bundled all the stuff. Like it's my so job hard. to put it in the car. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that. of a legitimate thing. Okay, that's better than live streaming. Okay, that was that was that was just a lame thing, but I couldn't think of. No, you're good. I just no, it no, was it really was lame. I just couldn't. It was I was desperate. I had to I had to think of something. Right. But but water bottles. I, I remember. I, I thought, who would be stupid enough to buy water in a bottle? Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. And then I did it, and I'm like, oh crap! I buy it by the case all I the time. Go back. Now I'm trying to like get back off of it, and you know, you know, do you, you know? But, but still, it's like, dang it, man! Right? Because they're so freaking handy. Yeah. Yeah. I can throw a whole case in the back of the truck, and then. And yeah. it feels like you're doing something uh, more responsible because, like, an absence of a water bottle, maybe you buy, end up buying something else. Exactly. Or you drink more water like you're supposed to. Yeah. 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 yeah so I can see that. Okay. That's a total. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, yeah. What about you, man? I, here's the thing is legit. I'm asking this question because I have to give a presentation in a couple months and I, I want an example. Uh, and I cannot come up with one that I'm satisfied with. Yeah. And so, like, the, the, the thing that popped in my head, which is not, it does not work for what I need it to work for. But it was um, a voice text, which is oh. he, he, what's interesting is I hate it. I hate it because uh, it's not right. Like I, I know, it's, I know, yes, right. <laughs> like all my inadequacies. People are very forgiving when you're saying it out loud. They yeah. are not forgiving in the written word. Um, but uh, and my wife had done it for the longest time, and I'm like, I hate this. I wish this would just stop. Like I'd rather you have the two to three word answer. And then I tried doing it one time. I'm like, wow, this is. I use my voice for everything. I do Google searching, and uh, I taken. I was taking some notes for something on the way here, and I just open up the old record, and I'm just talking away in the truck, and I'm like, I really hate myself for what I've become, but this is really great. Uh, <laughs> I would, I, I would. In fact, I, I found myself. Um, I don't know if this has happened to you, but I will call. I left a voicemail for a guy the other day, and I kept saying period, <laughs> like, uh, "Hey man, just giving you a call back." Period. My God, my that is work. hysterical. Yeah. I do it all the time. Oh gosh, I it's would love bad. To that voicemail. So anyway, but it doesn't fit what I want. So let me let me open it up to you guys uh, there for the new year. What what is something where you just didn't know it didn't sound it sounded dumb or you had no it doesn't even have to be dumb because the other thing I was thinking of is that like have you ever seen somebody do something and you're like wow I had no idea that thing could be solved that way or this was a way to go do that I've been struggling to figure yeah, this out or right. accomplish it forever and then you saw a guy do it and you thought wow that's that's smart as heck. Uh, and it changed, and you'll never go back. You'll never do it a different way because yeah. you saw a guy do it. Uh, like the digital book. You I, you love those? Oh. I do. Damn. Okay, that's a good one, Dan. Actually, like I've switched Kindle over. Like the Kindle or an audio book? Uh, like the Kindle type thing. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. 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 So I used to be staunchly against reading my Bible on my phone. Uh-huh. And like I have really, it's really come into its thing for me lately. Oh. Yeah. Like, it's uh, just always there. Yeah, it's just, yeah, right. Like, uh, because and it's out of sheer convenience, right? Like, I right. can just pop into a meeting room and read uh, read my Bible for like twenty minutes. Yep. And like, uh, I don't know. There's something about a, making a big production out of it, getting this big old hefty ancient mm-hmm. scroll out of my bag, you know. But like, <laughs> I can just I can just pop into a room and read and and whatever. And like, 
I've I've really turned a corner on that. I really hated that for the longest time. It's hard to be self-righteous, though. You have to say, hey, reading my Bible. Yeah, look at this. I'm and not playing homescapes like you think. Do it. <laughs> I'm not. It's not homescapes. I love the Lord. I do. <laughs> I swear I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> Hmm. Okay, so anyway, if, if you have one, a good example for me, uh, hit up on the Live from the Path, Robert S. Eisenlauer, complaint line, 515-517-0085. That's 515-517-0085. Call or text, even voice text if you got to do it. Uh, I'd, love to, uh, I'd love to hear your example. Amen. Robert S. Eisenlauer? Yeah, S stands for Shabab. Yeah. What yeah. is one of four U.S. presidents that have been assassinated? What was that guy? Robert S. Eisenlauer? That's awesome. That's- no, it's 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 Bob Eisenhower. I'm aware of that. It's I'm Bob just saying Bob Robert Eisenhower. Bob Shabab Eisenhower. No, I'm just saying Robert S. Eisenhower he sounds the, like a president. He put the dip in the dipty dipty dip. <laughs> and that one's for you, boo. Hey, so, I hate every bit of this. So, somebody signed me up on Facebook as looking for a house in Arizona. Right, Are yeah. you looking and for sign me up at the realtor thing. Yeah, and I've gotten hundreds oh. of emails, texts, phone calls. At first, <laughs> I thought that was somebody so- pranked you. Yeah, yeah, somebody somewhere. <laughs> I wish it was me. It's so good. <laughs> Same. It's and so I'm good. like, I finally had to start responding, going, "I'm not looking for a house in Arizona." And they're like, "Oh, we're sorry." Well, you signed up at blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, no, that no, was not me. Sure didn't. <laughs> uh, but they had my, my phone number and my name and my email. So. Dan, you're the only person on the planet that I would not immediately become suspicious of, of like what websites you've been on. <laughs> I know you haven't been on that kind of stuff. And so like, I don't know who's pranking you. On the black web of realty? Right. <laughs> 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 Robert S. Eisenhower.net. This now that is a super like innocent prank. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. Like people do some very nefarious things. Dan, have you thought through like there might be a friend where you're like, you know Old you- Randy always signing me up for like Arizona Ooh. realty. Yeah. I mean I've been suspicious a little bit, but not... not. Do you have any arch enemies? I, I'm only one who could listen to the show once in a while, so I won't say the name to okay. give them a uh, joy. But <laughs> We're on to you. I blocked them you everywhere are. else, though. We know who you are. So I did this to myself once. Like uh, There was a guy, a friend of mine was selling his house. He was moving back to Iowa, and he was selling his house in South Carolina. And so he's like, oh, look, you should look at it on the web. And I'm like, hey, man, you want to see how fast your realtor responds? I'll tell him I'm interested and I need financing options. He goes, yeah, that would be great. Oh, my God. And so I did it, and it was an onslaught. Yeah, I mean, I it bet. was two minutes later. All of a sudden, like, this is. We heard you're looking for a house. Veterans yeah. Home Mortgage Association. <laughs> really we got the best rates for you. I'm like, you don't have the best rates. <laughs> hey, man, speaking of speaking of pranks yeah. that, uh, that are supposed to be innocent, that are hysterical, a friend of mine had some money owed to him recently. It was a very small amount. It's like $40. Yeah. The person paid him back in dollar bills, uh-huh. which automatically is funny to me, admittedly. Yeah. But apparently she put glitter over all the $40 bills oh. and didn't tell him and wadded it up. And he immediately like took it and put it in his wallet. And he was at Casey's buying drinks. And he takes out all these ones to start paying. And they're covered in glitter. <laughs> and so the cashier was looking at him like, what is wrong with you? Like, why do you have why do you have all these dollar bills covered in glitter? And so, like, he gets back in the car. His hands are, I mean, literally covered in glitter. And I'm laughing so hard, wondering what's going on. Is he like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> Told me that story. I'm like, that's actually a pretty funny thing to do. Like, I might do that to somebody someday. Is the what are you, 10 bucks? Okay, here you go. Here's $10. Why is the dollar bills? Just deal with is it. Is the intent to make it seem like he works at a naughty dance I mean, shop? I think so. <laughs> I think the thought is, like, the, there's a certain type of dance that people... 
people would do to get forty glittery dollar bills. Oh, no. And the it's dancer. the cha cha slide. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm. Okay. Yes, exactly. Yeah. In this scenario, he's the dancer, mm. not someone who had uh exchanged uh money for the dance. Yeah, yeah, okay. Again, we're talking the cha cha slide. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. Robert just be, Eisenhower. I'd be totally curious <laughs> of what is your uh What's the, I'm never going back. I was hoping for an example of like uh, I, I I couldn't think of land on one, but it had to do with like car work, like things that I struggle with. Where like I try to go do something, I feel like I'm wailing away on something for three hours, and then you see someone who's been around, and then they just wheel right in and they do something. You're like, oh, totally. That's how I would do it. Mm. Like I can't believe I struggled so long. But here's what I find: is it tends to be I was doing the right thing. I was just doing it like a ninny. Mm. I was afraid of breaking something, snapping something off, and then some other guy comes in there with like TNT and uh, <laughs> elbow, and they're like, "That's that's how you do it." Yeah. I didn't realize you was being a sissy in here for three hours. That's the car brutal. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm gonna give you a tip right now. Okay, this is how you end up going through f- five cheap ratchets <laughs> and then buying one good ratchet. Is you go to take something off and it won't move, so you take your top of your jack handle off and put it on the put it on the ratchet as an extendo bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll give you the torque you need, yeah. but it'll break. Yeah. It'll break a $25 ratchet every time. <laughs> Actually, I had that exact thing happen. I was trying to get some exhaust off a car this last year, and I did. I took, the, took the, the, the jack handle, put it on there, so I had some extra leverage. And I probably only had two inches worth of clearance, but like you could really oh, wheel yeah. it down there. And, uh, <laughs> get it, some the, torque in it. The bolt came off, but it did snap the ratchet. I almost always take off the jack handle. Now I don't even fool around with it. If I feel like it's going to be <laughs> stubborn, I just, get to, I just take the jack handle off. Yeah. What? There was one moment in my life when I realized that there's a level of, of luxury that you're given if you have enough cash to just bypass having to do stupid stuff. Uh-huh. And it was when I was replacing brakes on my F-250. And I was at your place, actually. And I think me and your brother had like nine C-clamps on the calipers trying to get them to depress to be able to put the brake pads back on. And like after three days, you said, stop it. Just buy new calipers. And like, <laughs> I mean, I kid you not, we were out there for days trying to get these things as pressies. It's like, just, just be stupid. Just go buy a new set of calipers. You're dumb. It was like $110. We And the labor that we had spent, just like literally, I mean, I'm on the, my hands and knees trying to get these freaking C-clamps to depress yeah, these calipers. Yeah. So stupid. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Okay, fine. Let's had, go buy them. I had something like that. Okay, this is not near the uh, uh, elbow grease of a story, but this this week or this past week, someone had uh, they had like a PDF file and they needed some updates or something <laughs> made to it. And uh, PDF files are difficult. Like you get them unlocked yeah, and then right. like to try to edit them, uh, either you got to have a really expensive program or all the cheapies don't do quite what you want. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I probably spent about forty five minutes jacking with this thing, trying to add the thing that they wanted. I'm like, you know what? This is dumb. So I went to Fiverr, and I found yep. a lovely lady from India who had, turns it around in 48 hours, and she wanted 10 bucks. And she's and like, she can, yeah. I can do anything with your PDF. I sent her the thing. I sent her the text. 36 hours later, for $10, she did exactly the thing that I asked for. Fiverr just opens up your world to realize that there's someone on some part of the planet that's willing to do the thing that you don't want to do over the next day in five minutes right. for five bucks. They're good at it. Yep. it, it it's, it's worth it for them to do it. It's not, it's not even that much of an interaction. Nope. It's just like... Explain the problem. Here it is. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. You know what's not a bad example is uh, having someone change your role for you. Yes. Like, uh, uh, there, I always felt like there was, like, I have, uh, I don't know who changes the oil in my wife's van, but it's usually not me. Uh, I'll do it, like, if I'm teaching the girls how to do it, I'll do it on our own or I do it on my car. But, like, as soon as I figured out that, like, they can basically do it cheaper than I can do it, and, like, uh, for... <laughs> 
<laughs> they could get her in and out in like 20 minutes. I'm like, this is the this is the plan. Yeah. Let's just have someone else change this oil. Yeah. I don't I don't have to be down in there doing this. I have never changed my oil in my life. Yeah. Ever. I've done it once and yeah. I broke it. Yeah, see, that's it. I would I would make a mess. I would break it. I'd I do all kinds of bad the little things. the little screw the like bleeder bolt or whatever yeah. it is that you're supposed to like not super tightly bolt back on. Yeah, I snapped it in half. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. And then my car leaked until I had it impounded. People like you and I are not trustworthy. <laughs> yeah. In, no in jack animals. handle necessary. Well, like <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't need the jack handle. I just needed. I was up underneath the thing and still had enough power in my hand to snap the thing in half. And I'm like, this, this is why you don't get guys like me underneath these cars. Yep. Like yep. it's a bad idea. It was a little. I, Chevy Cobalt. I feel like, my shoe. Uh, well, I actually, I, I did the same thing happened to me. Like, I don't change my, I've maybe done it once or twice, but like, you always end up with all this excess oil. <laughs> and well, and like, they've got big tanks for it. They yeah. sell it back to some right. guy. Like, they've got a program. Yeah. I just have it sitting Ten next bucks to my garbage, figuring out where I'm willing to pollute. <laughs> Because like I'm obviously not dragging it to wherever the recycling center is. This a clean is. water source. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I have it, a well, so I can't dump it in my own place. <laughs> you should put it on your burn pile, and then when you burn the burn the burn pile, it'll burn the oil. I've I've. Uh, Won't it also burn your lungs? Well, you don't stand there taking it in. You fire it up and you, run away. You don't take hits off your burn pile. What are you doing, man? Come on, woman, I'm burning the hits oil. Off, it, hits off the burn pile. Family Sounds together. like a grateful dud. Where's, where's my union suit? <laughs> Sounds like a Grateful Dead album. All it's right. off the burn pile. All right, you're listening live from the path. Go ahead and hit us up with your uh, yeah, the things that you just can't. <laughs> Many uh, things you wouldn't go back. Five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. Okay, confession. Here's a confession time. Here's what I got. So, it it occurred to me that every everything. If I looked at my life, I assessed my life right now, and I said, what are the things that are good? Um, it would be like a, my job my marriage, this radio program, and the fact that I get to be a, uh, a pastor of a church. Like, if I, if I had to pick a dad, um, and to be a dad. So there's five. Um, I have, if someone were to hold me to the strictest letter of what it means to be a good employee, a good dad, a good husband, uh, a good uh, pastor, and a, do, a good guy who's good at running, especially a Christian radio show, um, I have I have failed at every one of these things. Like I have my my human fallibilities, frailties, personal choices, or whatever. Um, I I have I would not be allowed to do these things anymore. And it like I knew this right. Like I think if you were to ask, like does uh, do do we are we imperfect people? Of course, um, Jesus dies for your imperfections totally. Um, but like I have grown, I've grown up and been surrounded by the good news of the grace of Jesus. That like the grace, I, I don't, I, it doesn't have to. I, I, I think sometimes like there's this happens denominationally too. We're like we overemphasize how crappy you are as a person to make sure you don't lose this very thing that I'm talking about. I don't think there's, I'm not sure that's particularly valuable for as often as we crank on it. But like it did not occur to me until like maybe two or three weeks ago. That, like, I don't deserve to keep my job. I literally don't. I have at times – I've worked for the same company 20 years. And, like, I could – any given week, I could so – my, my boss could probably go, look, if I looked at absolutely everything you did, if I had the ability to see all the stuff that you did this week, um, like, you were, you were jacking around for an hour on Facebook movies. Like, I'm gracious with myself. I think, oh, Facebook movies. 
I'll pick up one here and there. It's incidental. No problem. In fact, those are the terms. Uh, and, and the thing is, is that like most people at my job are probably doing something very similar. They're probably burning 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there, whatever. Uh, and the whole – the grace of all that is kind of built in. We're all kind of gracious to each other because we all do it. But if you were to hold me to what I owe that company for what they pay me to do, I deserve to be fired. For my behavior within the last week, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, most certainly over 20 years worth of time. Um, in my in my marriage, uh, my, my wife and I are both obviously fallible people. But like could my wife say, look, based upon the standards of what it is to be a good husband, have you nailed it every time? No, I've not. I have not. Um, and so I, I look at the, all those things, um, the things that are valuable to me, the things I find very important. And it – it hit me hard to think about that like if if the world if every if the people around me held me to the standard of what perfect was in all these things all of it would be gone tomorrow i simply would not be allowed to do it anymore um and that by the god looks at me graciously in my frailties and fallibilities and even wrong and sinful choices. And not only is that true, but like because my wife follows Jesus, she is also kind to me and gracious with me. And uh, although my job are not, they're not particularly like followers of the Lord, um, but like there is a built-in acceptance of well, some people just waste time and sometimes they don't do great work all the time and like we're gracious with each other culturally we are like this because of the things that i think god has put into people and even on this radio program like just pick a pick a shortcoming in my life pick a pick a sin that i'm guilty of or whatever like do i have any right to speak and suggest that someone else should listen to something that i say in my lack of perfection and the answer is no I, I i don't um if my life were laid bare you could easily go absolutely not not another word from that guy right there. And most certainly he should not be allowed to get up and speak to anybody uh, as, as a pastor anymore. And so I, I know all those things were true, but for some reason it, it hit me um, that like I had never really – like the, the – the, uh, it felt far off to be like, hey, in your imperfection, you don't, you don't deserve like heaven. That felt really far off. But the thought that like if all my shortcomings came to bear in this moment, everything I love – I don't deserve. It could all be taken away from me and probably and should be if the standard was you should you should exa- uh, behave exactly as God designed you to behave. Uh, and so I, that I guess that's that's my confession. I, I think I felt I felt the good news more tangibly because I saw like, it, is it the opposite of it's a wonderful life? Maybe it feels like the opposite. <laughs> but like I, I, I felt like I could touch a moment of which. Everything I loved could be taken away from me, and it would have been justified if the standard of what it was to be good and perfect in any of those things I was actually held accountable to. And so I was very thankful in the moment of God's graciousness and forgiveness, but also how his grace has permeated into the world that surrounds me. The fellows in this room are gracious to me. They're kind to me in my shortcomings, right? Not only like... What, like, remember we talk about the 500 show, I look back and some things that I've regret. Sometimes I use words that I shouldn't, 
right? And I'm very kind to myself about it because I'm like, well, I know, I understand who I am. I, 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 I have shortcomings and fallibilities. But like, if we were to say, here's here are the standards of it is to be a host of a Christian radio show, like in the presence of, I don't know, all kinds of things that I've said, we could reasonably go, nope, nope, you don't get to do that anymore. And so, like, God is God is gracious with His people. He is gracious with people who have some sort of influence over over others. Um, and anyway, I just I just had a very what felt like a very profound thankfulness because it felt the good news felt very tangible to me. Like I felt like I could see it and touch it in such a way that that didn't have the effect of going, "Dude, you really, really, really suck." Even though parts of that are probably true, it did remind me that God is really, really, really good. And he's really patient and kind, and he has he has created and influenced people so that uh, I am married to a very patient and kind woman um, because God is very patient and kind to her. And I'm very patient and kind to my friends and family because that's what God has done for me. And it creates a world of which it's the right way to look about it, about it in our frailties. But I just – I felt – like I probably would say that I haven't felt such a tangible view of recognizing – what the mercy of God actually looks like until I had to render it like everything that I cared about in this life in the next second could be gone based upon my own willful, purposeful behavior. And so that was that that's my confession. And it's I I don't know if I'm particularly embarrassed about it, but I thought it's interesting to have followed Jesus for as long as I have and would have agreed to all the things I just said as just pure facts, but to not have it feel the weight of it until maybe the realization that I had just within the last um Two to three weeks. I think and, those are power, powerful and healthy moments for, for a person, really, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Uh, I, I've had, had those before where I'll just sit there and just in, in the quiet, I'll go into a worship space with all the lights off and just sit there and just think like, what the heck? Right, you, right. You know, I mean, I mean, who, I mean uh, yeah, I, I, have, I have no business doing anything. Any of these things. Anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, but none of us have ever, yeah, right? You know, and we all, and then you go through all that, you know. But but to yep. push all that aside, no, no, really, 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 right? I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I found like, it very helpful. I found it very helpful, valuable, um, because because the the thing the thing that it points you to is gratitude, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, we, I get um, it's an interesting way to think about it, but I feel like I, I get so used to my own shortcomings. Um, that I forget that they're significant shortcomings. <laughs> like I, I forget that they require mercy to yeah, live with. Yeah. Uh, by certainly by God, definitely my wife, the fellas in this room, the people at my job. Um, just because someone is gracious with me does not mean I act like I needed it. I actually needed it, and so um, I presumed upon that graciousness. I think not intentionally. I don't mm-hmm. go like I totally deserve this, but like you get so used to people being kind to you. And, and and gracious with you, especially if you're surrounded by Christian community, like they're trying to be that. That I um I I, I forget that I like I I run the risk of presuming upon it. Oh, it'll be fine. Well, of course they'll they'll overlook it. Like everybody watched Facebook movies <laughs> this week. I mean, okay, but like it didn't make it right or good. The fact that they didn't fire me the second uh I should I need to be thankful for the work that I have, for the wife that I have, for the friends that surround me. Um. It I, like I have a lot to be thankful for, and to to be like have a lot of gratitude for the life that I have and the people that I have, and just the amount that people put up with my my fallibilities. Um, and I think if you get too too confident and too presumptuous in that, you you don't recognize that like you're you're you don't recognize how much mercy that you're collecting because you presumed upon it. And I think it's healthy 
to recognize your shortcomings, not because God wants you to know that you suck necessarily. Like we're, we're all clear on that. Like everybody should know that. <laughs> but it, it's to recognize his goodness and for me to be thankful for the gratitude of my wife, for that he surrounded me with good friends and people who will do a radio show with me and be kind even though I said a W word too many times on the air. Like whatever. Like I – I um I think I think it's a right rendering. It's a good reminder um, to point me to to gratitude and uh, and maybe that's if there's a theme that I was trying to carry through into to this year for me. It was that like what do you what are you not like actively being thankful for that you should be and like the list probably doesn't end. It's 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 super big and and it goes. It goes towards um, some of the things we've been talking about. We were talking about some of the shows last year where like like we where we are thankful and have gratitude for it, we you just don't tend to be so unhappy. <laughs> like you just if you're thankful for the world around you, it's harder to be hosed off at it. And people and relationships or whatever, like it just puts it in the right perspective. And I presume upon things that then skew how I view relationships, and that's a mistake. And so anyway, uh, Ben's Ben's uh, Ben's confession. I think that's. Like it's a hard perspective to grasp, right? Because we vacillate between I didn't do actually the things I did or the things that have been done to me aren't really that big of a deal, you know, and or we vacillate to I'm the worst ever. Yeah. You know, and yep. like like it's very it's very hard to get that perspective in the middle. And some of that is the Holy Spirit, and like some of that is you positioning yourself to be in line with the way God wants to look at it, right? And so like some of it is um I, I found it like actually pretty helpful here recently. Like I started, I hate devotionals, and I started doing this devotional, and and like I get irritated because they get repetitive. Yeah, right. But they're repetitive in like a really good thing that like like you recount, you know, like your day from the start to the end, and like God, can you just show me where I've fallen short and what I've done, either either by accident or willfully or whatever. Like, which can you show me where my sin is, right? And, like, if you have to walk through and recount this, you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, you're taking it in at its full weight and measure. And then God goes, okay, you gave that to me now. Now this is gone, right? So, let, like, that really helps processing it, right, where you're like – you're not ignoring it or acting like it didn't happen or minimizing it and being like this is wasn't that big of a deal. God's like, I want you to, I want you to let me shine light on everything that is going on in your life. Mm-hmm. And then I want you to watch me take it out of the room and then leave nothing but a room full of light. That's what I want. Because because without that, right? Like you do one of two things. You either hold it in your room and think I'm just the worst ever, or you act like it wasn't that big of a deal. And like you can't have gratitude. For the weight that God has lifted off of you, unless you recognize that it was a weight. Yeah. You know, that it was actually there. <laughs> and like, and you also have to know that, like, a thing that's been permeating, like, it's probably just because I've been reading the minor prophets, right? And well, all the prophets, but like, like this, the scriptural theme of God's, God's mighty right hand, you know, like, like when he says, uh, it kills me, right? Like, the, if you ever read the prophets straight through, it's nothing but God being like, here's the things that's gonna happen. Like, I am justice, and th- I'm done with this. I'm done with you guys mischaracterizing me. I'm done with you guys sinning and taking my name in vain and then crying to me and acting like, oh, Lord, where you didn't show up. And then and he always comes, and he says the worst things, right? Like, I will set all of your fields on fire. No one will live here. I will sell you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and you're like, wow. And then he goes, but if you will just turn to me, then I will put you down beside still waters. You will rest under the shadow of my wings. I will make mountains low. And like he says, like, and he's, it's always the same thing. It's like, here's all the things that you did, and here's all the things they deserve. 
but if you would just turn to me. And like it it keeps I, I it's 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 similar to what Ben has said. Like it's it's kept me from trying to humanly scheme to fix problems. Right? Right? Like he just says, if you will turn to me. That's all he's ever asked. It's all Jesus asked. Even when Jesus has that conversation with Nicodemus and he's trying to explain spirit and water, right? Like he's like, this is not a kingdom based on where you're at or what you do. This is a kingdom that exists in spirit between a spiritual thing, right? If you will just turn to me and let me do the God things, and I'm going to show you that I am faithful to do those things. Mm-hmm. And like, it seems so difficult because like, even because it, it, it wears you down after a while, you become apathetic to it. You're yeah. like, God, I've been turning these things over to you. But it feels at this point that there needs to be some human things done. So here's the things I was thinking, you know? And like, God inevitably will answer, those who are faithful to me, will receive this. This is what it looks like, right? Yeah. And like, if you look back on your life, I can look back on my own life and go, have I ever actually been that faithful? To think that like, like he really needs to be involved in this and I'm not going to try to race him to the conclusion. I'm not going to try to beat him there. I'm not going to try to come up with my own scheme. I'm going to ask him because he, he says this in Isaiah, right? I, I, will, I will guide you. If you trust in me, I will guide you to the left and guide you to the right. So you're still doing things, but you're asking him the things to do because he's the one that owns the mighty right hand. You own the nothing. You know what I'm saying? And so like once again, you, you get into this place of complete gratitude where you're like, what do people do without you? Like what do people do without God? I Like I don't... I mean, I'm sure they would turn around and look at us and go, look, you're using this as a big crutch. I'm like, yeah, but it's a crutch that just meters out justice and loves unconditionally and like does all, like you can call it a crutch if you want to, but you've put a crutch costume on the creator of the universe who is faithful with a mighty right hand that when he says if he's going to lay a mountain low, he will do it. Mm-hmm. And he and he follows it up and says, I will do it. <laughs> and these are the things, you know? And so like, I I, I don't know, like it's 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 an extremely... Uh, gracious gift that God would give you, yep. right? To allow you to see those things in that perspective and to remind you that like uh, you still have, like God's work gets done by God's people, but you, you've got to allow him to do the left and to the right and like literally lean on him to be faithful in the things that he promises to be faithful on. And then, and then when he does it, like you are just overwhelming with gratitude. You're like all the things, all the promises that you made, are are definitely true. And like it's just a stepping stone to becoming more and more faithful and because he is always faithful. Yeah. Yep. All right. Hey, you're listening to Live from the Bath. Thanks for uh hanging out with us so far this evening. I think I think we're gonna we're gonna start your year off right where you're like, I, I know I heard from some of you guys on the chat. You're like, uh uh I, I I my New Year's resolution is to not spend more than an hour listening to Live from the Path. I think that's appropriate. Wow. Yeah. Uh, now I can't promise you that we're going to cut the show at uh, at an, at that time, but like we're going to do uh, this first one. We're going to give you a shot to get a check mark. All right. So we're going to do our advice now, and I, we may come in under an hour. We're okay. going to see what happens. So here we go. Here we go. Dear life from the path. My grandmother and I have lived together for the past twenty two years. She raised me from the age of three. We used to be best friends. However, over the last few years, things have changed. We don't agree on a lot, and we have very different opinions on almost everything. We argue and fight with name-calling, threats, and a lot of disrespect. I have suggested we go to counseling a couple of times, but she's never shown any interest. I know I have an anger problem, which I take full responsibility for. 
I also know the best thing to do in these situations is probably to turn around and walk away. But sometimes she pushes my buttons and I can't help but fight back. I understand this is a problem that needs to be fixed and I want to, but I don't know how to start. I know you've written a booklet about anger. What can I do? What can I do short of moving out? Yeah, uh, it sounds like it's time to move out. Yeah. So she's like, or I'm assuming it's a female. I don't know. Didn't say. They're 26, 25. Yeah, maybe somewhere in there. Yeah, yep. uh, and living with grandma, which is great. But it's uh, it's time to fly. It's it's time to spread those wings. Get out of that nest. Yeah, I don't, you didn't really say what you and your grandma are disagreeing on. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Just everything. I mean, if it's like... They irritate like, each other. It's what I, show to watch in the afternoons. I mean, there's certain things that you can disagree on, and there's certain things that, like, how the house runs or the way that the day-to-day goes down. Like, if it's nothing but picking and fighting about all that stuff, then it's definitely time for you to go. Well, they're both trying to be adults, and guess what? There's only room for one. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. In fact, I don't know why. It'd be interesting to see why you don't want to move out. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, is she dependent on you in some way? Like, if you're there because your grandma needs you to be there or something, that's a little different. Um, but I, I'm guessing just by the context that it's probably the other way around that you're still there yeah. and you should probably be be getting out. Even, uh, even at this age, yeah. If there is like a physical reason for them to be together um because of a need well you need some boundaries then and separate lives you know you're you're, you're yeah. an adult you're both you're both adults you both should be doing adult things with different people yeah and, and enjoy each other as family but but uh there either needs to be a separation or at least boundaries yeah okay yeah yeah i i, I guess i would i don't understand this seems not to be about your grandmother at all yeah like this is like if if you go hey i know i have anger problems and there's an old lady that's pushing my buttons, like, like this is you, and so either either you got to whatever she's since you weren't specific about what it is that's making you angry or making her yeah which whatever this woman's doing to cause you I'm guessing because of the, because you're um it's dumb like you shouldn't be getting angry about it otherwise yeah. people tend to defend themselves with specifics when mm-hmm. they know that someone's wrong and so I think you're glossing over it because you're yeah. you know you're in the wrong and so really I think you're just going hey how do I control my anger I'm an angry person and it doesn't sound like they're angry with everyone though. I, yeah, I think they're oh, just—it's just, it's just, just the at that old, point of the relationship. I yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, some of this stuff gets hard, right? Like, and, yeah. and like you, she's essentially functioning as your parent, right? You know, yeah. and like as you grow up, like mm, this is kind of difficult because you, you're, especially at 25, like you're at an age where you should be maturing enough to know that, like, if it makes grandma uncomfortable that you come home at one in the morning. Right, like, and you believe that it's fine that you come home at one in the morning. You should move out and then come home at one in the morning, right? You shouldn't be mad at grandma that she finds that distasteful, right? Like, she's an old lady; she don't want to be having here in the door open and close at one in the morning, you know. And so, like, if it's stuff like that, yeah, it's just time to part ways, you know. You come over and help her all you want, have dinner with her, and all that stuff, and all that can still be good. But like probably healthier relationship then. Yeah, yeah. Now if you're like busting in the door and being like, you know, what do you think of abortion or something? And like you're just like flying, like picking hot button issues and fighting with your grandma, right? Then you also have a problem. Like you should move out and appreciate that your grandma has raised you from the age of three. And like all these things seem ungenerous on your part, I guess is what I'm getting after. By the time you're 25, right? You should you should be getting over the hump. We've extended adolescence way too late into almost thirties nowadays, right? Like uh, we expect more maturity out of a 15 year old a hundred years ago than we're expecting out of you. And so like, you should be adding to grandma 
not taking away from her. <laughs> and if, like, if it's her house and it's running under her responsibility, her steam, her money, then I, I don't know, man. You don't have a whole lot of legs to stand on here. Yeah, agreed. Uh, okay, secular's advice. Secular says, by admitting you have an anger problem, you've already taken a significant first step in dealing with it. I don't think that's true. <laughs> uh, that's you and dumb. your, yeah, you and your grandmother aren't the only people experiencing heightened emotions these days. We live in an increasingly stressful times that have affected most of us in one way or another. Be- <laughs> it's general because you are now an adult. The nature of your relationship with your grandmother may have changed. As adults, you are entitled to your own opinions. However, reasonable adults don't try to inflict their opinions on the people they love. Recognizing what causes these flare-ups can help you avoid taking anger out on each other. It takes self-control and maturity to react calmly instead of exploding, saying, we both feel strongly about this. Can we discuss this at another time? And then going for a walk can help maintain a calmer perspective. My anger booklet contains many suggestions for managing and expressing anger appropriately in various situations. Uh, You can send check or money order for eight bucks, and people will give it to you. (laughs) Weird. You you know... I, I fully agree that there are some things that, like, admitting it is a large portion of the battle. Anger, I don't feel is one of those. Yeah, or porn addiction. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, how like many- there's some things that's like, you know. Like, it's not even that big of a deal to admit. But, like, what? I've never heard that applied to if you're an angry person, admitting it is is a big step and is, like, one of the larger things you have to do. Uh, I don't know. Do you find yourself angry all the time? Are you in denial about your anger at the t- all the times that you're raising your voice, yelling at people and calling them names and nitpicking all these different things and you just go, I think I might have an anger oh, problem. Well, actually, I, I do think that uh, it's both sides. To a certain extent, this is super obvious. People know that you're an angry person because you tell them, I'm very angry. Right? Like, it's very obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, however... But most people don't diagnose themselves as being an angry person. They say, these people make me angry. Like, they push it off and they blame the person that's doing it. So Interesting. I think there is a realization yeah. that you would say, I am an angry person versus these people just are so dumb, they make me mad. Do you think anger is the big... I wouldn't be angry. Yes, yeah. right, yeah. right, exactly. I feel like anger isn't the thing you need to admit. I think you might be a little psychotic. <laughs> I think a lot of... it's. I think... <laughs> Well, I, I th- like there's something much deeper that oh, you need to admit uh, uh, than just I guess I'm an angry person. Then I think it's very it's a everyone's very, an idiot. It's a very human thing to go. Um, you people make me act this way, regardless of what it is. Hmm. Okay, it's a uh, yeah. It's, it's it's a defense. There's a defense mechanism in there to go. Look, if if I were to take a responsibility for all these things, I would look like a real loser. And so as I look yeah, out, yeah. I go, if I I wouldn't I wouldn't cheat on yeah. you if you did this. I wouldn't be so mad and angry. I wouldn't have to go to the bar and drink it away. That's what I'm if saying. You didn't blah blah blah. I think the deeper thing you need to admit is you're a loser. <laughs> That's now. That's, yeah. Yeah. Interestingly. I decided to check something, and I, I, we may do this randomly because I'm interested. Mike thing in, I've ever said, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so it is, it is dear life from the path versus secular versus AI. So I asked, I took the same <laughs> question, okay, and we asked uh, uh, Google Bard, okay? okay, so the Google's uh, whatever Chat GPT equivalent, and I basically copy and pasted the uh, the dear life from the path re- question. Here was uh, AI's response, and I, I, I like this particular exercise. Uh, because it's interesting to see where yeah that's cool. where this is going yeah okay so it says uh, this is uh, AI says it's wonderful that you recognize the situation and take responsibility for your part in it it's also admirable that you want to fix things while staying with your grandmother 
I can't offer specific advice as I'm not a licensed therapist, but I can offer some general approaches and resources that might help. Number one, focus on self-regulation. Acknowledge your triggers. Understand what words, behaviors, or, or situations trigger your anger. Yeah. Two, practice mindfulness. Techniques like deep breathing, meditation, and journaling can help you stay present and react less impulsively. Three, develop coping mechanisms. Find healthy ways to manage your anger, like exercise, hobbies, or talking to a friend. Okay? So far, so good. Yeah. Two, improve communication. Use I statements. I feel hurt when you, instead of you always. Two, practice active listening. Hear her perspective without interrupting. Three, seek compromise. Can you find common ground or agree to disagree respectively? Number three, external support. Individual therapy. Therapists can help you understand your anger and develop coping mechanisms. Two, couples counseling, even if she's not interested. You can still benefit from learning how to communicate more effectively and set boundaries and three support groups. I don't know if there's – I argue with my grandma support groups, but in general, I get the trajectory. Uh, It provided three three, uh, resources, Calm Down Now, a booklet by Susan Davis, the National Anger Management Association, and the Gottman Institute. Uh, And it finally says, remember, change takes time and effort. Be patient with yourself and your grandmother. Celebrate small victories and remember that progress, not perfection, is the goal. If you feel overwhelmed, seek professional help. Here are some additional things to consider. Is there an underlying reason for the increased tension between you two? Has there been a significant life change for either of you? Could there be external factors like stress or health issues contributing to the situation? And can you create boundaries in the living space to minimize contact when emotions are running high? I hope this information is helpful. Remember, you're not alone in this, and there are resources available to help you navigate this difficult situation. Based off of that, I would feel fine installing AI to most, like, helplines. <laughs> right? That was relative, like I, pretty thorough. Is that yeah. bad? <laughs> I think the 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 all the things under number two came from a communication book that I studied when I was in college because mm-hmm. I remember the the active listening and the I statements and all that kind of stuff yeah. Yeah. as a part of like a, a sociological communication book, yeah. like in that order. Weirdly enough, but like yeah, yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not bad. AI was way better than secular. Now here's what's funny: is AI I, didn't try and sell me anything. I got in an interaction with the AI. Uh, last week, like I was waiting for a kid to get done with basketball or something, so we're just asking it questions. And I think I said something like, "I think I'm a, I think I'm a dog." Uh, what do you think? <laughs> uh, or, or what? Maybe that I wasn't think the question. I'm a dog. What do you think? <laughs> one is the one of the questions basically had it say, "Oh, I know." I was asking it hot button things, and it came back with something that I would not have agreed with. Like from a Christian perspective, it came back and affirmed something that I was like, ah, "I don't know." And so. Uh, it, it gave an answer and said, you know, um, you're not a, you're not alone in this thing, and you are, you know, you definitely are how you feel, blah blah blah. And so I said, uh, hey, you uh, isn't isn't there a, certainly another side to this where it's it's not healthy to think the thing that you're saying? And there's a Christian worldview that most people actually would agree with uh, that would say the opposite of this. And it was like, yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't include that information. Here's some additional detail, and it gave me the Christian worldview. And so then I, I, I'm dealing with it like it's a person, and I said, uh, don't you think it was a little bit um, misleading for you not to mention that in your first response? Like, you you, you obviously knew the information that there is a, a section of people who obviously believe the exact opposite of what you said, and it is actually a majority, and yet you only provided me with this information. Uh, I said, why did you do that? <laughs> and it said... I'm sorry, I'm a large language model, and I'm still working to get th- get things right. And uh, you're right, I will try to do my very best next time to get it right. Like, huh. I, I read some guy recently that, that, that talks about the AI and, and some of these hot-button issues, 
and how it's kind of actually the like the ultra liberals that are trying to program stuff it's blowing them their their world up because none of it's logical none of what they're coming up with oh yeah i can become a woman i can become a, you know it, it's like it's blowing up everything and they have to they have to do all these loops to make ai say things that aren't real you have to jack with it yeah, I, uh, yeah. T- so troy and i've talked about this at like um in our in our work setting like we were talking about sorry Bula, Bula. thank you it's uh, sometimes Ooh, it's, it's like who is that guy sometimes i'll call him troy um <laughs> but like um one of the things that's that's difficult about this is that like as you start to just put all the data and stuff together oftentimes data will tell us stories that we're actively trying not to tell uh-huh. uh and they're they're running into questions around specifically like crime statistics and things where there's <laughs> there's narratives around i can't it's like we get so touchy about this but like uh, people's backgrounds, ethnicities, um, certain uh, socioeconomic circumstances, um, and it does not fit the common narrative. And so then someone has to go there and, and jack with it. And like that's actually one of the big cautions yeah. is that like if if sometimes information when put together says things about us that we don't like, and you got two options, you either figure out like what do we need to change what this is saying about us or you obfuscate it and like that is a lot of um what they're doing they're starting to scrub things that actually matter like things where there are distinctions around all the all the protected classes whether it's 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 gender or sexual orientation or ethnic background or whatever like where there are uniquenesses related to that, we are disserved as a community and as a country and as a world by trying to scrub those things. Like they bring some things to light of which we should have to think about and some deal with. People have whatever. health issues that are ethnic related. That if you're not not on the radar, you can they'll die. Oh, totally, totally. I mean, it's harmful. Yeah, and and uh, and I think maybe I've given this example on uh, on here before, but like. Um, there was there was something I was coming out of work uh, one day. It was like the last we were closing down uh, the Des Moines office, and so it was the last time I was picking up a bunch of stuff. And I got onto all the elevator, and there was like a sign there that said uh, "Signs of a Stroke," and it was for our uh, one of the local health uh, organizations within the company or whatever. And there was a right side and a left side, and there was a ladies and there was a dudes. And the signs of a stroke for a dude are different than the signs of a stroke mm-hmm. for a lady. Uh, and they're fi- they're they're predictable and distinct in this in this way. And there is a blurring of if we think some of those things is not immutable that they're they can change and that we can think about them differently. What you've done is there's a practical problem by not acknowledging that your bones, like the guts of you, is a genetically male, genetically female. Uh, you could miss the sign of a stroke. If we're not allowed to say what it is and how it reacts differently in bodies because they are actually distinct, um, like we're having to obfuscate that to somebody's harm as opposed to me going, okay, I, the, the the symptoms are different in ladies. So like what are the dude symptoms? What do you have to do? You got to smash them together so they're not as clear or act like if someone identifies as a certain gender or something that now those stroke things apply to them. It's not true. They'll die a dude. Regardless of their proclamation as a lady, I know and, you have a dress, but you have testicular cancer, right? Like, <laughs> right. And so, like, and again, um, AI is agnostic to it, right? They, they mm-hmm. like the data doesn't care about the things that we're talking about culturally, and it's not that we like whatever. We should be having the conversations of what people are feeling like and born with, and all the things. Like it's it's, but but the data will actually point us to some realities of which we are trying to otherwise obfuscate and it's to our own detriment but not having to deal with the realities that are in front of us okay 
I won't ask AI all the time, but I was curious. No, that is interesting. Although I, I, I do find it to be uh, the, the same thing that I sometimes find distasteful about devotionals is the same thing that I find distasteful about some of this, uh, of some of the answers, right? Like where there are they're completely you focused, and like the focusing mm. on you is almost what produces most of the problems, mm. right? Like you're only angry because your kingdom is being attacked. Right, if you didn't see it that way, then you wouldn't be angry. Right, you right. would just be, eh, you know, you'd be like, we disagree. Our yeah. two kingdoms are uh, not uh, seeing any problem here, so it's fine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like some, so some of the things where I like, I, I struggle with a, the broader view of society and a broader view of the world, and especially of God in it. You know where, um, like it, it almost feels like for me, for like, like the thought is, is for me to be able to understand God, who God is. It has to be processed through me solely. And like that is a really Western thought. Oh, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm totally. saying? Uh, where we would do it, where you know the rest of the world would look at it as more a communal, or the fact that there's a God at all, you're like, that's enough. I don't have to be convinced of nothing. I don't care what I think. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like the fact that there's a God that has done all this, then I'm good. I'll fall in line. You know, and like we, we just, I don't know, like we're almost pointed this way. Like everything has to be like, prove it to me. Show me, do this to me, make it okay with me, get me straightened out, and then I can do, and then I can understand how this might apply. Like, like even Jesus' death on a cross, we've personalized it so deep. So, like, it's like what almost a lot of our, our, our sermons are pointed this way, you know, to like make you feel it. So it can make a change in you, right? It's not like it's sinful to, to, to put it in that perspective, but like, it's almost the only way that they deliver, like, devotional type things anymore is so you focused and like if there's one thing that has really curbed my joy in life it's when i get focused on me you know what i'm saying like and so this is where god's faithfulness comes into like a great epiphany right is because let's say that i'm 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 like i'm praying for all the people and i'm I'm serving i'm trying to do the best i can and like i just if you start feeling it focused on you you can just focus on him you know what I'm saying? Like his goodness, his faithfulness, because those are all the things that are going to permeate into a world that actually do anything, you know? And so, like, anyway, like, I just noticed, that, like, even with the therapy advice, like, none of it was, you need to be more gracious with your grandma who raised you, friend. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, well, you know, you could you could do all these steps. You do some calming exercises. You figure out how to get your anger control. You're doing really good in admitting that you have a problem. Like, all these things are true. Like, they're good. Right, but they're like a stepping stone into to you stop thinking about you so much. Mm-hmm. They're like a stepping stone for you, like living a, a sacrificial servant life that actually brings joy to you, uh, which I'm sure AI would not be would not want to speak to. But like, do you know how many industries we have that are that are like solely supported because it has to be it has to be through me. Yeah. Like all truth comes through me; otherwise, it's not truth. You, you know what's interesting, and like. To, a way of which we can try to reorient at least the too narrow view of ourselves all the time is like you use the language of the Lord's prayer to do it. Like it's not give me this day, my daily bread. It's not forgive me of my trespass. Like it's a communal prayer. Like this is, uh, it's intentionally built to be not just solely focused on you. It's like, it's uh, you're bringing everybody in. <laughs> like I'm praying that everybody has a daily bread. I'm praying for, uh, forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Like it's a it's a communal prayer that um, is difficult in that like we are often – think of it like most of the time if you're just going to start praying, you're praying about you stuff. The very example that Jesus gave 
automatically assumed that you're praying for you and the group of people who are around, either around you, whether it's your family, your friends, your church community. Like, it's us. It's an us thing. As a matter of fact, when he's talking, there's probably, you got 12 disciples plus probably a few hundred people hanging around. And like, this is the way in which you're going to pray. And so, uh, like, being reminded that even even the thing where you said, look, if you're going to pray, pray this and pray this all the time. You're you're not the highlight of the show. So like like have you ever prayed for your family like Job style? Right? Be like, Lord, forgive them of their sins, the things that they have done. No, but I was struck. Well, yeah, I think I have, but no, not continuously. And I was struck. I read Job two days ago, the first five chapters of Job, and uh, the thought, like, hey, I thought one of them may have inadvertently sinned, and so I went and did a sacrifice, and I thought. Not as often as I should. Not the sacrifice part, <laughs> but like just thinking about. Yeah praying like so fully into my family or the people around me that that seemed pretty normal. I was like, well, I better go home and go do it. No problem. It's just like, it's very powerful. It's a very powerful consideration. So like I've stopped short of that because I'm like, it doesn't work like that, God. I can't do that. Yeah. I can't pray for the forgiveness of sins of other people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, once again, is like, is that is that a deeply Western thing, right? Like do Christians in other countries have no problem praying that way? I've, I've prayed like that. Like when my kids were young, that their passion for Christ would be higher than their passion for other things. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a, a preliminary be, before they made, <laughs> right? You know, right. Before I need to make a sacrifice. <laughs> uh, um, That's but what, true. Job's kids were partiers for sure. <laughs> for sure. They made it sound like it was a great family gathering, though. Like it was all done in good fun and and all in the Lord's blessing. Yeah, but if you remember the language, it was like in case one of them like spurned God in their mind. Like it wasn't even like an outward thing where their kids are causing trouble. It's like maybe they just were thinking something wrong and they took it the wrong direction with God. And so I'm gonna so I'm gonna like, go do it. So like after the sacri sacrificial system has passed and we're on the on the uh, the new covenant, right? Does it does it ring you funny to pray that way? Pray uh, the way Job prayed. It does, but I think it's because we've largely. Um, this you can blame the Germans. It's the German theologians. This is their problem. Um, we've become transactional in our faith. It's why we. It's it's the root of a lot of our conversations around. Did I pray the right thing? Did I uh, did I do the baptism in the right way? Did I? Um, we're, we're worried about the technicalities of even the even the Jesus dying on a cross is a very transactional thing. Like one for one, his his death, my sin, got it. And like, do I believe those things? Of course I do. But like we we've got it like it's a like it's a transaction. And most of the people in in scriptural stories are not they're they're not trading. They're not trading prayer prayer for response. They're not even trading Jesus's like if you look at the um the gospel writers and even beyond to some of the uh, the epistle writers like they think Jesus's death means like 50 things. Not just one thing. Because Paul does focus, like, Paul tends to be the guy who causes the trouble when we get on these lines. But, like, it's not even remotely the only thing that Paul said about Jesus' death on the cross. And so, like, um, I think it is more squidgy, which gets real risky for us because we want to know. I traded this thing for this thing, this faithfulness, this prayer, this thing, and I got this in response. But, like, it's it's far less of, a, of an accounting. It's way more of a – it's a faith. It's a trust thing with God. Like, do I trust God to handle all the things? And so, like, if I would otherwise try to, like, if I would ask for blessings upon my family in general because I'm thinking about them and I, I want to, in every means, whatever means it could happen, like, I would want my family to be blessed, but maybe I restrict that when I pray simply because, like, I don't know what the transaction is. I don't know what the count is. Uh, like, we've got it wrong. So, like, yeah. Job's actually got it right. He's going, look, I don't even... 
he he's not thinking, well, how can it count if I'm trying to do it on their behalf? One, you're talking about the God who does things on people's behalf. So again, I don't I don't know what it would look like, but like whatever it is, I don't think is off the table necessarily. Uh, but we're looking for a, a definitive transaction. Um, and and I, I don't I think we should be open to the possibilities that whatever that is, like God is a lot more not necessarily squidgy is not the word I want, but like I don't know, different than whatever transaction we've boxed him in by. Yes. Because a bad theology I've just said because I don't know how to articulate it well, but like I don't yeah. think it's linear as the way we have it. No, because like like I would think Yes, yes. Yes. I would think that God is always faithful to show up, but a human still needs to make a decision to follow him. And I think that's true. Right, but like, if you can look back through Scripture and look at like the uh, the destruction of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, like they drug them out. Right, Lot was going to stay. You know what I'm saying? And the angels like, you've got to leave, and they like physically drug the man out. And so, like, acting like God in people's defiance and sinful nature will not show up and drag them. Right? That's just it's it's scripturally just not true. Right, and so like it doesn't mean that like he turned around and did everything right from here on out, right? Like that decision to to trust God with the things that God says, let Him be the God and you be the people, right? That is still a choice that a human has to make. But like asking God to show up and intervene in in like sin or sin that is being participated in, right? Like I think you're right. Like I think we get way too caught up on the technicality part. I've I've like I said, I've tried to I've prayed that Job prayer before and I'm like, I can't do this. That's not how that works. But like what my heart was asking is the exact same thing that Job's heart was asking for. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so like and like if I can look back at a lot of the figurative language that God uses, like I think groanings of my heart, he'll parse out. Right? So like uh I think I said this a couple weeks ago, but like um I feel like God is not he's not the God of right words. You know, where like sometimes we put rote things that we need to say or like you have to do it in this way. And we do get caught up in that. Where like sometimes you're just like blech. Here is what I will God, will you will you cover the sins of all my family today? Will you cover them with your grace and mercy and your forgiveness? Will you do that? Even if they've inadvertently done it, even if they're rebelling against you, God, will you cover them today? And like whatever I actually want God to do with that information, I have no idea. But that is what I actually want. And so like there's zero reason not to say that. There's zero reason not to get caught up in it and act like, well, how would God want me to say this? Or what is the proper way to say this? Why don't you I mean, this is the faithful and the and the relationship part. Will you just tell him the thing? That you that your heart wants, right. and he will do a good thing with it because that's just what he does. Yeah, and and, and I like that. right, and I think we get cut to I think to your extent, even if it's not language, it's like, well, how could it possibly work that way? They did not repent personally or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, I like I'm subscribing to all our traditional doctrines here. I'm just saying that like whatever it is feels like it's probably more expansive. Yeah. Than what we understand, and like I don't have to. There's all kinds of things where I'm like I don't know how it works. Yeah, right. And think of the. I, you know what? What occurred to me to fall into this bucket is when Paul call, uh, talks about uh, they're saved through childbirth. Like we get nobody get it. We can't answer this. We're like I don't even. We're like twisting, pulling, and gumbing it around trying to get it to fit yeah. into to a box. And do I literally believe like all ladies are good and righteous with God because they gave birth to children? No, but like. It's the thing as we've been talking that I thought, whatever's going on right there, I feel like falls into whatever this bucket is. Yeah, yeah. And I'm comfortable with it. <laughs> I've prayed many times, you know, God, I I theologically don't know this, if it works this way. <laughs> Here, here's what I'm asking. I'm just going to put it in your hands. Yeah, you, yeah. You take care of it. Uh, this, this is just where my heart's at. 
Yes, and and you do with it. Yes, because that's that's praying like David prays. Yeah, right. If you lead David's prayers, you're like God's not going to do any of this, David. Like the things that you're like, what are you, what are you asking here? <laughs> He's not right? going to crush their teeth. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you know. But like, uh, but but then God says, "Man after my own heart," and you're like, why? Like you like you can't be this honest with him, right? Like because you're, you're we're still treating him like a person. Right, like you have, to, you have to navigate around; otherwise, your relationship might sour. Yeah. Right, and God's like, "There's no relationship souring here. There's nothing. Look at the things that you've done. I'm still here. Right. There's nothing you're going to do that's going to cause this relationship to sour. Will you just spit it out? Just say the thing, and like, I'll parse it out, or I'll change your heart, so you're not like if you're praying terrible prayers of things that are not in God's character, like. He will he will work that out with you because he's a good God, right? Like so, he will work out with other people the things that you're praying for. He will work those things out within you as long as you are trusting him to do it. You're surrendering him to do it. If you're doing that, then I would expect to be seeing God move in ways that you did not ever think were possible because you're actually sitting there waiting for them to happen. You're like God, I just vomited all this stuff all over you. Now I'm just gonna wait and see what you do, and yep. I'm gonna be yeah. paying, and my life is gonna be focused on paying attention to how you're answering these things or how I'm seeing you move. And like, these are the things that like, it does sound like it's uh, once again, you focused, but like, if you want, if you want a guy to believe a great story, right. About how Jesus interacted in your life. That's why we love hearing testimonies and watching baptisms. And like, I love all these things, but like when God does that in my own life, it like, it, it's basically climbing a mountain that you can't ever unclimb, right? Like you just, you, you get to a plateau where you rest and go, on, like you set up a, like a, a mind Ebenezer and go on this day this was true and I know this was true and yeah. I will never live as if it wasn't yeah right and so like but you, you honestly you have to be looking for those things like you have to be you have to be all in you have to be surrendered to it it's a kingdom of spirit and so like you have to be in the spirit to watch to, to be able to discern the things that God is moving and doing and and speaking into and like I don't know, man. I, to be honest with you, I think that's where the whole thing's at. We get caught up in the rote. Like I was so afraid to pray the wrong thing or asking God to do the like God. I'm like like I want this guy, this bad influence, to go away. Mm-hmm. I just want him to go away. Can I ask for that? God, is that okay? And he's like, ask for whatever you want. I'll work this out. <laughs> right? I, I've done that before, where I have prayed like in, in the church setting. I'll, I'll like I'll be like, I don't know. I honestly don't know. In the spiritual realm, like what authority I have as a pastor, like or if mm-hmm. I have any, if I'm just another's co-servant, co-laborer, or if there's some type of thing, there seems to be a thing. I don't know, and I'll, and I'll kind of say that in my yeah. prayer, like and I say if, if there's a thing here, if I have this authority, so and so is 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 just causing trouble. I release them. Mm-hmm. If I have that authority, I just want to say to you, I release them from this congregation. I can't believe I don't do it like. I've never flippantly used that, but yeah. there's been a handful of times I've had that prayer, and it is not, I mean, literally not long, and they're just like all of a sudden gone. They're leaving. You know, they yep. move, they do, you know, whatever. Think, think Weird things like that happen. Yep. And it's just like, okay. okay. I, I, you know, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I really don't have a theological, like, concrete doctrinal statement on that. Right. But I've had a heart-to-heart with God. Right. Yes. And, the sons uh, the sons of the king don't have to uh, stay in the lines. They get to, they'll wander throughout the lines, and the, and the king the king will still guard whatever's right and righteous. But like, uh, you're the, you're the son of the king. You get to you get to try. You get yeah. to say the things you would to your dad, and uh, he's going to do whatever he wants with them. But yeah, you, you could say yeah, that's really silly. Yeah, and I was like, okay, okay, we're good. <laughs> I that's, said it. Though. That's why you're the king, and I'm not. Excellent. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing is 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 maybe in like like in some of our lives like 
we're just not seeing God move. And it's not because we used the wrong words. It's because we didn't use any words, mm-hmm. right? We were so caught up in our own ability to like fire out the right thing or pray for the right thing or prescribe to him how to do it. Use like the right not, formula. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're not like, God, I want this guy gone. You're like, you know what you could do? You could probably have some drugs in his disc or <laughs> you know, you know, you know what you could do, God. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like you're like, do it in this specific way, and he will never do whatever dumb plan you come up with, right? But but like acknowledging like like truthfully that like I don't have any control over this, but I know that you do. I'm leaving this situation, but I know at the end result that this needs to change. And and like trusting that you can put that in his mighty right hand and let him do that without scheming, without coming up with like a deacon's meeting to try to boot the guy or you know what I'm saying? Like, cause you always want to add like, I will help God's path along by scheming this thing. Mm. And like, it's just not what he's asking for. Yeah. And then you feel like you're like, you're not going to require me to do anything. Like you're going to do all of this. And it's, and it's just him breaking down barriers in your surrender to what he's doing, what he's trying to do. And like, it's such a gift if you can watch it in action, you know? Yep. Totally. Yeah. All right. Hey, you've been listening to Live from the Bath. Thanks for hanging out with us uh, this evening. We are so glad to be back with you. Again, if you have any thoughts or feedback on the show, hit us up on the Live from the Path. Uh, Robert S. Eisenlauer, complaint line 515-517-0085. Call or text. We would love to uh, to hear from you, get your feedback on the show, figure out the thing that you're just wowed by and will never go back to doing it a different way, whether it's a service you have, a product you purchase, or just a way of going about something. Uh, you can really sit my bacon here. I need a really good example. So hit us up on that complaint line. Uh, in the meantime, let's, uh, I don't know if the weather holds out and everyone's hanging around. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path. <laughs>